Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, guys. It's a Wednesday, a little bit late, 2.30. We're going to make this as brief as possible. I always try to say that, and I end up going for half an hour, so who knows. But what I wanted to address today on the Armor Report, uh, which is a show about quantum mental investing, which is a combination of quantitative execution, which is algorithms, combined with a fundamental foundation. That's the information edge that we provide on the show every Every time we come on, um, I'm going to, you know, cover a, a couple of topics. This is an armor education video. All right. So what I want to talk about is philosophy on why the armor algorithms called the top in the market and what we're going to be doing now. The bottom of the crash. I don't know. Maybe there's more crash to go. So I want to talk about that and how the algorithms will change. Then what I'm going to do is talk to you about a couple of ideas on the whiteboard, because the best thing to do right now after a, a market destruction like last week is to begin building your list of favorite names. And so I'm just going to throw out a few just to give you an idea of where I'm searching so that you can go do that on your own and search for yourselves. And I'm going to round it out with, yes, you guessed it, the cannabis couch. We haven't talked about cannabis in a while. There's been two pieces of information that dropped this week that I think are, you know, I think they're really important for the ongoing um, investment opportunity in cannabis, right? We haven't seen the opportunity yet, right? It's been destructive, unless, of course, you're in the U.S. cannabis names that I've been investing in and telling you guys about, like, like uh, Innovative Properties. But I want to share with you thoughts on a couple old favorites and what I think is happening here. So let's jump into it. Um, this is a live trading desk as always. I'm working on trades right now. I'm literally involved in trades where I have to determine if they're day trades or if I'm going to hold them multi-day. I don't know yet. And I'll discuss that in a minute. Um, and so forgive me if I have to take a break, the phone might ring, what have you. Don't forget these ideas I'm sharing with you are, are ideas and information I use to manage my own capital and that of high net worth investors that I manage money for through our interactive brokers relationship. Now, the whole reason why I started the armorreport.com for you guys, I started that website because for me, when I'm bringing in new assets or a new relationship, my minimum investment is about a quarter of a million dollars. So a lot of people out there need the information that I'm working with, don't have that level of assets to commit at the beginning of a relationship. You may later, but at the beginning, you don't. So what we do is we have the armorreport.com for you, A-R-M-R report.com. It's designed to help you learn the process of quantum mental investing, learn how to put capital to work correctly, where the right buy points are, what the right stop losses are. Everybody who's on the free Armor Report action alert email list, check your email box tonight. I just sent you a fairly long discussion of our stop loss rules, the top three stop losses, and I broke it down for you step by step. You could take these rules and start using them in your own account. I think it will help you protect your capital. 
Okay. If you're not a subscriber, please go to the armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. Scroll to the bottom. You'll see an opportunity to, to, um, to subscribe for the free version if you want. Okay. So why do the algorithms call the top of the market? And will we be using the algorithms to call the bottom of the market? That's the question today. And the answer, the answer is this. Calling the top of the market is designed into the algorithm because we use trailed stops on all of our entries. So we bought the market, right, the algorithms. And right now, let's just talk about our index-only portfolio because that's a pure algorithmic portfolio. All it does is buy the top seven indexes that we've written algorithms for, and they each have different volatility profiles, so the algorithms change for each. And all we do is put capital to work in those indexes when we get the risk on entry points, and then we take it off when we hit targets and we hit trailed stops. And so it's a pure representation of, of the quantitative execution part of our platform. So that index got long the market in early October last year, rode the market up. And on Monday of last week, the first day of the collapse, we went to 100% cash. That wasn't rocket science on our part. That wasn't some type of predictive algorithm or neural network that some guys at MIT write. That was simply applying a statistical and probability algorithm to the management of risk. I've been telling you guys for about a month that when you're trading two and a half standard deviations on the S&P above its 200-day moving average, you're in very dangerous territory. And for any reason, at any moment, a nasty sell-off will occur. All right, last week is exhibit A. So what we've done is build into the algorithms, and let's be honest, ARMOR stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research, right? So the whole point of what I do is manage risk. So we build into the algorithm stops, trailed stops. And when all of the algos get stopped out at once, all the positions get stopped out at once, we go on red alert, right? And we raise the armor uh, risk monitor to red. We say, watch out. Now, it's true. Sometimes it goes to red, watch out, and we get reinvested again four or five days later. It happens. It happens. This is not a neural network. This is not trying to guess through a crystal ball what's going to happen. This is following rule number one of the armor investing rules of the road. You can find all those rules at the armorreport.com. Rule number one, let's get on the right side of probabilities and statistics every time we put capital to work. And let's only put capital to work when we feel the reward is worth the risk we're taking. Okay? So there are times where we get stopped out and we have to put capital back to work at higher levels. It happens, and I don't mind, because over a long period of time, net worth grows, and I get to avoid the collapses like last week. But 
Those of you who are asking me, when do we put money back to work? Do we wait for the algorithms? This is the key to today's conversation. The algorithm and the entry point, the entry criteria for the algorithm is not designed around crashes. Okay? The market crashed last week. It's going to skew all kinds of data. If I incorporate crashes into my algorithmic data entry points, they won't work. The crash data will totally skew the entry point during normal market environments. And, you know, the market's normal like 90% of the time. So if you start taking these um, black swan is such an overused term, but if you start taking these um, um, uh, six sigma events, right, that create massive volatility and write that into your algo, it'll ruin the algo. So what we have to do when the market crashes like this is start using other reasons and logic to put capital to work if we want to be early. If you don't mind waiting, you can wait for the algorithm. So I get a lot of questions like this in the last couple of days, and that's why I want to talk about it today. Can you start investing now? Absolutely. I'm long the S&P right now in my portfolio. I am. Bought it this morning right on the 200-day moving average. I have a pretty big gain right now, so i got to figure out, do I want to hold it overnight or not? I've told you guys before, I tend to day trade when volatility is huge because there's such opportunity and I don't like the risk overnight. But buying the S&P on the 200-day moving average is, some, is an opportunity you don't get very often. It happens. It happens. We're there right now. So I could use that 200-day as the entry point for a portion of a portfolio, buying the most liquid asset just to give myself some exposure. Now, of course, I have a position size on that's multiples of my average position. It's, I have like a six, my position size right now is six times larger than what I would do in an individual stock. Okay? In my average individual stock, it's six times larger. It's because it's an index. And I want to get some exposure. So at some point, when you've dramatically outperformed the market, which we did, right? We lost a little bit of money off the top, and the market went down probably three times as much, maybe more, depending on how you managed your, your risk at the beginning of the week and how much of your portfolio was committed to treasuries, the hedge, right? Okay, so if you've got that huge outperformance versus the indexes, you could start putting some capital into the indexes if you want to try to do this, guys, you don't have to. Nothing wrong with being out, being in cash, taking a break. It's okay if you miss something. Some guys want me to get back into the gold stocks. Okay, I'm not chasing the gold stocks at this point. Okay, I own the metal. I put that position back on, and I'm going to wait for my opportunities. And I might miss some. Look, Newmont Mining is making, I think, almost there's a new highs now at 50 and change. Total miss. I should have had it, right? I don't care. I'm going to take my time and find my entry points. I don't fall in love with stocks. When you go through a crash, not every decision you make is going to work out in your favor. 
All I care about is protecting my capital and then methodically putting it back to work. When the algorithms tell me to, I will be aggressive right now before the algorithms can even begin to tell me get long. I might do some things in the big indexes. They might be day trades. They might be multi-day trades. But it seems to me buying the S&P at the 200-day moving average is a risk I'm willing to take with a portion of my assets. So that's one way to do it. Okay, so I hope that answers your question. The algos will come back and give us risk on entry points, but it could be at much higher levels. And if you're not willing to wait for that and be patient, if you feel like that would upset you because somehow you, you missed something, which I don't know what, I mean, all I care about is what's my net worth at the end of the year. I don't really care about the shenanigans from a week to week basis, right? I'm trying to protect my capital at the top, which I did, and then put the capital to, to work correctly over time to create a return. And the best time to put capital to work is when we go back into a normal type of market environment throwing capital to work after mass hysteria. And when you don't know when the next mass hysteria will roll, will roll through the market, it's a very risky endeavor. So to end this part of the discussion, I will use the indexes right now. I will put some capital to work at certain key locations. And what I'll be doing now, they may be day trades, they may be multi-day trades, I don't know. What I'll be doing is building my whiteboard name. So let's talk about it. Two types of stocks that are at the top of my whiteboard. Dividend stocks are number one. It has to be. The Fed just cut 50 basis points. Treasuries have gone through the roof. You see some of these stocks get whacked. AT&T, Verizon, utilities, all kinds of stocks. Some of the energy pipelines, not the MLPs, but some of the other ones, um, they've all been destroyed. Now, they're ripping higher today, right? AT&T Verizon are coming back pretty quick. But those are the types of names that are on the top of my, my whiteboard. I want to get back into those names. I want to build out my dividend portfolio. I like AbbVie, for instance. We've owned it for a long time, and we still own it. We owned it right through the, the collapse. It's one of the names we didn't sell. Um, CenturyLink, right? So the telecoms, anything where you think there's a solid dividend that's defensible, but that dividend return is just the, the, the yield has just popped up because the market cratered. That's the top of my whiteboard. It's the first thing I want to do. Second thing I want to do is find disruptive growth stocks that did not suffer dramatically in the collapse. And you know, guys, you know, I've been talking about Slack for a while. So go look at that chart and you'll understand what I'm saying. In fact, I'll, I'll show you the chart. Take a look at this. See if we can, um, give you a perfect example of, of a disruptive growth stock that's at the top of my list. You're not going to believe this, guys. Take a look at that. Take a look at that chart and tell me, where's the market crash? Where's the market crash in this stock? It, it's not there. It's almost, as if the, it, it's almost as if work doesn't even know that the market crashed last week. Okay, so I'm looking for patterns like that. I'm looking for disruptive growth ideas that showed very little weakness as the market imploded. They're hard to find. If you find them, do me a favor. All right. 
pay, pay it forward a little and send me a direct message or send me a tweet or something saying, here's a stock that kind of looks like that, kind of looks like Slack. Didn't have any collapse at all, really. It needs to be disruptive growth, though. Okay, let's move on and finish up with the cannabis couch. I haven't talked about cannabis in a while, but it, it, it's worth talking about. Okay, the last time we talked about it, it was canopy growth in their earnings announcement. And I said to you at the time, I like where they're headed. I don't think anything bullish is going to happen in the next couple of months, but I would really like to be involved with, you know, probably canopy growth before or right after, or maybe some before and some after their next earnings announcement. Because what I think they're going to do is take whatever write-offs they need. Inventory is going to go up again, right? And they might take some write-offs. The CEO is going to lay out his plan for the rest of the year. We're going to see how, by that point, how well Ontario is functioning. Are they opening stores? Okay. So any weakness in here, because the market's killing the whole, you know, the whole, the whole market's getting killed. And these stocks come down. That's great. That's just making it easier to buy in a month or two when I'm looking to buy these stocks. I'm not looking to buy them right now. Okay. This is not a recommendation. By the way, I'm sharing with you what I'm doing in my own personal account what I'm looking for, what my whiteboard looks like. It doesn't mean you should run out and do anything. You need to do your own homework, okay? But I did want to share two things. One, um, so Kronos um, was unable to uh, um, uh, announce earnings. They had to delay their 10K. Um, seems like um, there's an issue with their accounting that has to do with some inventory. They've, they're changing from um, one type of accounting to another. Um, so I, 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 the minute that news broke, I told you that's terrible for the stock. Stock went down a little bit. Now it's bouncing today. And I've had some debates on Twitter about why would that be terrible? Well, um, they'll get over it. They'll get past it. I'm not saying it's terrible like I'll never own it. But it really um, um, speaks poorly of the management team if you can't get your financials in order in time you know, for your quarterly earnings announcement. It just doesn't speak well and institutions don't like it. And so they, you know, if there's any institutions left, you know, they leave the stock. I say, well, hold on a second. What's wrong with this guy? He can't get his act together. It's just a question of quality management doesn't let that happen. Now, someone will tell me, okay, go ahead and tell me, guys, there's exogenous reasons and yada, yada, yada. Okay, but not every other cannabis company is having that problem. Okay, so I don't like it. But obviously, with Altria backing them up at something like $1.8 you know, billion in cash in the balance sheet, they're not going anywhere. So it will be a stock I have an interest in, but probably we have to get past the next earnings announcement, whenever that is. Okay? So um, lastly, and this is the most important thing I've read from a positive standpoint, oh my gosh, for Charlotte's Web in the longest time and in the hemp industry. And the CBD industry, which will have a ripple effect through everything. And I think didn't tell where I just have an earnings announcement. It was terrible. And part of the problem is their CBD business in the U.S. Products not moving because nobody knows what the FDA is going to say. Okay, just the other day, the head of the FDA, the commissioner of the FDA, made some what have to be considered bullish comments. You know, there's this fear out there that the FDA is going to come out and say you can't sell CBD unless you do, you know, clinical trials or something. Okay. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Take a look at my Twitter feed. I, I tweeted out exactly the quote. I'm not going to read it to you now. Just go look at the Twitter feed at Brett Rosenthal, B-R-E-T Rosenthal. 
or on t- stock tweets at uh, armor report doc, you know armor report armr report paraphrasing he basically said what i think i've said to you guys before is what i thought would happen the cat's out of the bag americans have taken cbd there's no there's no possible way for the FDA to say you can't take CBD. It's already happened. And he, said, he actually said it would be a fool's errand to try to put the genie back in the bottle. So what the FDA has to do now is just close the information gap, which is exactly what Charlotte's Web has been saying. The management team has been saying from the beginning that that's what the FDA is going to do. They're just going to put, they're going to figure out what the labeling should be. And Charlotte's Web is, if you read Charlotte's Web's labeling, it's as conservative as you could possibly get. Okay? So it doesn't even matter what the labeling is. All we need is for the FDA to say, okay, here's the labeling. Now you guys can sell it. And you're going to start to see these ingestible products sold at places like, you know, Walgreens or wherever. Right now it's just topicals and all that kind of stuff. The real money is going to be in ingestibles and gummies and all that kind of thing. Okay? So what the commissioner just said I think is very important. Does it mean I run out and buy Charlotte's Web right now? I'm not doing that because I don't like the market we're in. I don't like the cannabis stocks right now. For all these reasons, I'm not running out there and buying it. But I'm just telling you, you know, sometimes the stocks can go down so much we forget about them, we move on. And then major events occur. That was a big piece of information. And if you combine it with the, you know, six months ago, there was um, um, a bill that passed through Congress, the farm bill, I think it was a farm bill, that said the FDA had to come up with a basic ruling by the end of March. Well, here we are. We're almost at the end of March. You know, so, you know, you could... you. I'm just not buying in front of the ruling, but my guess is if the ruling comes out the way we think, which is a ruling that is simply a guidelines of how to sell things, um, you could probably buy Charlotte's Web the day the news comes out, my guess. But my guess is it'll be up from here. You know, because the, if the ruling comes out the way the commissioner suggested a couple of days ago, that's just very bullish for the company. So Anyway, I just share that information with you. This is not a recommendation to buy. I don't, you've got to make your own choice of the risk you want to take. And then you've got to figure out what your position size should be. Okay? Don't be greedy, right? I may do something, but it may be small to begin with, and then it's, I might double or triple it once the news comes out. Right? I don't know. All right, guys, listen, I hope you've enjoyed this. I certainly have. Oh, look, I left this up here the whole time to remind you to give me a thumbs up. Right? Help me out. You can always subscribe to the Armor Report or um, – armorreport.com or this YouTube channel right down here. So consider doing that. And I look forward to talking to you guys at the end of the week for the week in review. Take care, guys. Be safe out there.